Today is March 12th, 2021, and our first story, the majority of House Democrats from New York are demanding the resignation of Andrew Cuomo, who is also facing an impeachment probe in his own state amid a scandal in which he was accused of covering up COVID nursing home deaths. 15,000 people died after Cuomo's policy to put COVID patients into nursing homes, introducing the virus and killing people. Well, now he's facing very serious accusations of sexual harassment and assault, which may rise to the level of criminal activity, at least according to the police who referred the case. Whether or not Andrew Cuomo steps down is yet to be seen, but he is refusing to do so, calling it cancel culture. Our next story, Joe Biden gave his first address to the nation as president, and he said by May 1st, every adult will be able to receive the vaccine. But many people are upset that he did not give credit to Donald Trump's administration over Operation Warp Speed, saying that Joe Biden is simply trying to take credit for all of this, but credit where credit is due for both administrations for the work they're doing. I still think it's interesting that Joe Biden tried to claim credit. And our last story, Antifa is back. They're at the federal courthouse in Portland once again, trying to burn it to the ground, setting fire to the building yesterday. And federal police came out, made several arrests. A new poll shows that among the far left, white, very liberal individuals are more likely today, are the most likely today, to view political violence as appropriate relative to all other demographics, the biggest shift. Before we get started with all these stories, make sure you leave us a good review. If you really like the show, five stars really helps. Let's get into that first story. The majority of U.S. House Democrats from New York have called on Democratic Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign amid two different potential criminal investigations. Now, there's an ongoing investigation into nursing home deaths. As most of you probably know, Governor Cuomo ordered people who had COVID into nursing homes, introducing the virus, even though he was warned, resulting in 15,000 deaths. He's being investigated for covering this number up. He's also being accused by several women for inappropriate behavior and some very serious behavior. And these allegations have been referred to the Albany police, which many people say is unusual, but could also result in criminal action for this. Cuomo has said he will not resign. He said it's a distraction and he's calling it cancel culture. It's not just calls for resignation. Republicans in the state are calling for his impeachment. The man could very well end up in prison. This is Governor Cuomo's reckoning. I was scared early on because we've known about the nursing home scandal for some time. Governor Whitmer out of Michigan is facing a lawsuit from journalist Charlie LaDuff and potential criminal action as well. There are other Democratic governors who also did atrocious things with these nursing homes resulting in mass death. I was scared. When the news came about came out about Cuomo in the nursing homes, I thought it was something that needed to be investigated. I was hoping that Cuomo would be arrested and charged pending the investigation, assuming it's all true. But then we saw a Me Too angle emerge. All of a sudden, they were talking about Cuomo and these women in accusations, and it really did feel like this was going to distract all of us from what's going on. This is the easy narrative to throw Andrew Cuomo under the bus, a man that they were praising in the media endlessly, saying he may be the next president, and avoid talking about what they did with these nursing homes. But I'm actually relieved to say 
Many Democrats, Jerry Nadler, for instance, they've come out and they've absolutely criticized Cuomo. And more importantly, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is absolutely roasting Cuomo for all of the scandals he's involved in. So my respect to AOC for calling out Cuomo for the atrocious things he's done. Don't get me wrong. The Me Too stuff against Cuomo is also very, very bad. I'm just worried that if we don't actually go after this guy for the nursing home cover up, the other governors could get away with what they did as well. And I've, I actually think we need a commission, invest, uh, like, a, like an, a commission investigation to look at what these governors did in these nursing homes because people lost loved, loved ones, family members, mothers, fathers, brothers, sisters, and Cuomo tried to cover it up. But it's beyond him. It's Governor Whitmer. It's Governor Tom Wolf. It's other governors who did the same thing and they didn't have to. And they were warned. So you know what? If it was the Me Too allegations against Cuomo, which ignites all of this, so be it. I am glad to see, with respect, people like AOC not neglecting the nursing home scandal. It must be talked about. Let's get into the news. But before we do, head over to TimCast.com and become a member to get, to get exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as full episodes. The other day, I was talking with Kim Iverson about destiny cards, and she says she was actually able to predict Donald Trump's defeat by looking at these cards, but she noticed something really weird about Trump's behavior. You really got to check it out. It's more trippy and spacey and less, I guess, pragmatic than I tend to be. But it is fun a lot, you know, sometimes to talk about these these stories. But we do have Scott Pressler talking about going after America last politicians figuratively, politically and primarying them. Timcast.com is a great way to support this in the event we get banned. And a lot of people keep saying, oh, Tim will never get banned. My Facebook page is already gone. They, they restricted it. It doesn't work anymore because of my coverage. So, yes, it very well may happen. Timcast.com, become a member. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. We got a lot to go through because this this Governor Cuomo, he is getting lit up by the Democrats, by the Republicans for more than one reason, and good, rightly so. My respect to all the Democrats that are calling out this man. It takes a it's, it is a bold step for these people to challenge one of their own and someone as popular as Andrew Cuomo was. They're finally doing it, and they deserve respect for doing it. Majority of U.S. House Democrats from New York call on Cuomo to resign. CNBC reports a majority of congressional Democrats from New York, including Rep. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler on Friday, issued near simultaneous calls for Governor Andrew Cuomo to resign. The repeated accusations against the governor and the manner in which he has responded to them have made it impossible for him to continue to govern at this point, Nadler said in a statement. Governor Cuomo has lost the confidence of the people of New York. Governor Cuomo must resign. Let me slow down there a minute. Innocent until proven guilty. I believe, based on the the news that I've read, my opinion of Cuomo is that he did take very serious and egregious actions in reference to the nursing homes. And because of this, I want to see a perp walk. I believe he should be in prison. But I also believe he deserves an investigation first. And if the investigation warrants it, an indictment, then a fair trial. And then what the jury or the judge decides shall be held as as law. As for the accusations against him, the same thing applies. I want to see an investigation first. He, he maybe he should resign. That's a tough call, but but maybe not. The nursing home thing we know about. OK, he put these people in the nursing homes. Now, you want to talk about the cover up that should be investigated for that. He should resign the allegations against him. I want to see evidence. I want to see an investigation and a trial. They go on to say, so far, 12 of the 19 House Democrats from New York have called for Cuomo to quit. 
the embattled Democratic governor has faced calls for his resignation from state level politicians within his own party over a growing list of harassment and workplace misconduct allegations against him. Cuomo has vowed not to resign and has urged people to suspend judgment on the numerous allegations against him until the conclusions of an investigation by New York Attorney General Letitia James. In a conference call with reporter Thursday afternoon, Cuomo repeated he would not step down. Now, in reference to the accusations, this I understand and this I fully expect. Yes, let Letitia James do her investigation. Not a big fan of a lot of these politicians, but credit where credit is due. Investigate the man. The man is a monster. Please, let's see the federal prosecutors, however, engage in the nursing home issue, because we are talking about a governor who killed 15,000 people. They're going to, he, 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 Andrew Cuomo says, I did not do what has been alleged, period. I never harassed anyone. I never assaulted anyone. I never abused anyone. This is factually definitively not true. I'm giving the man the leeway he deserves under the Constitution, a fair trial. But there is a photo of him grabbing a woman's head. Okay, now, if she says you shouldn't do that and he stops, fine, I wouldn't say that's harassment, but physically grabbing someone's face, that's assault. Now, in New York, maybe not so much. When I lived in New York, it was explained to be my law enforcement for a variety of reasons, mind you, notably related to like Antifa. You have to be actually damaged for there to be an assault. In Chicago, where I grew up, very, very different. You could stand in someone's face and it could be considered assault. So grabbing the woman's head, they may not say it was actually assault. But I kind of lean towards, yo, he like grabbed a woman's head. That's creepy, man. That is really creepy. Maybe he deserves uh, an investigation and indictment on that regard. The point is, he absolutely did grab someone. To say he never abused someone, I don't think that's fair to say. I think maybe it's on the line because you could argue he's just, you know, he thought it was fine and he didn't realize. Don't go grabbing people's faces. That's weird. The defiant governor added, politicians who don't know a single fact, but yet form a conclusion and then an opinion are, in my opinion, reckless and dangerous. You know, I have to agree. That's true. But I also think this guy is just trying to get out of accountability. He even called it cancel culture. Democrats and Republicans in the Empire State have only ramped up the pressure on Cuomo, most recently by taking steps towards an impeachment probe. Cuomo has suggested that the attacks are motivated by politics. Several New York Democrats are currently considering launching bids for Cuomo's job as his political future appears increasingly in doubt. People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture and the truth. Bro, you killed 15,000 people. Sending someone to prison for a crime of murder is not cancel culture. Digging up 10-year-old tweets and then trying to take away your job is. There's a difference. And you see the manipulation he's trying to do. He was even accused by, I think it was the Atlantic, of using the Trump defense, where he apparently said something to the effect of, I have been duly elected by the people, and if I resign, those people will not have their desires fulfilled. Oh, shut up. Sorry, bro. You were elected before people realized you were going to kill all those people. And as for the Me Too allegations, you were also elected before people realized that was going to happen. But again, allegations, innocent until proven guilty. I don't trust the guy. I happen to think he's guilty, but I think the court should be respected and we should allow the investigation to take place. They say, but a deluge of congressional Democrats on Friday morning joined the growing chorus against Cuomo, who was under fire not only for the harassment allegations, but also for his administration's handling of COVID in nursing homes. Quote, as a member of the New York delegation to the U.S. House of Representatives, we believe these women. We believe the reporting. We believe the attorney general. 
And we believe the 55 members of the New York state legislature, including the state Senate majority leader, who have concluded that Governor Cuomo can no longer effectively lead in the face of so many uh, challenges, Rep Ocasio-Cortez and Jamal Bowman said in a joint statement. Absolutely. With respect, uh, uh, Reps Bowman and Cortez, absolutely. Thank you for standing up against this man after what he did. We may disagree on, on what we should do with the lockdowns. We may disagree on how we handle the economy and the politics, and we may bicker time to time over whether or not who's a grifter and who's not. But I tell you this, you do good. I don't care who you are. You get credit. That includes Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Ocasio-Cortez, Matt Gates, anybody. And you'll see coming out and, and dropping the, the, the hammer on Cuomo for the horrifying things he's done. Good. Now, I will give a little pushback. OK, we're going to do a compliment sandwich a little bit. We believe these women. I do, too. I do. However, I want to make sure that we stress the importance of due process. And in that capacity, I would actually add the caveat. I believe the reporting and the handling of the, of the nursing homes but I still believe Cuomo should face an investigation into these matters before we see criminal action. I do not believe he should resign over the accusations because those need to be substantiated. But I do believe he should resign over the nursing homes. I just think that we have the reporting and we know he did this regardless of whether he covered up. We know he killed these people. Quote, as public servants, we must earn the trust and respect of those we represent. There is only one way that only one way the governor can truly restore accountability and confidence to his office. He must resign, said the statement from Rep. Nydia Velasquez, House Oversight and Reform Committee Chairwoman Carolyn Maloney. In her own statement said, we have come a long way, but now is the time to finally ensure that this generation's courage stops harassment once and for all. Rep. Kathleen Rice in early March had been the first House Democrat from New York to call for the governor's resignation. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, a Democrat known to have an adversarial adversarial relationship with Cuomo, said earlier this week that he can no longer serve as governor. Notably, New York's two Democratic senators have so far been unwilling to call on Cuomo to resign. On Thursday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer called the latest claim against Cuomo nauseating, but stopped short of demanding that the governor step down. And I will also point out Joe Biden is also refusing to condemn Cuomo. Really? Why? Maybe it's because birds of a feather flock together, huh? Joe Biden's kind of a creepy guy who's been accused by a lot of women. Maybe that's the real issue. They say Schumer and Senator Kirsten Gillibrand did not immediately respond to requests for comment on the development from House Democrats. The White House also did not immediately respond to a request for comment. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki said Tuesday that she has spoken with President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris about Cuomo's controversies, quote, and I've reiterated on their behalf that they believe all women should be heard that they should be treated with respect. Noting the investigation underway by, J- uh, by James, Saki said Biden and Harris respect that and believe that should move forward. And I agree with respect. Cuomo had initially been praised for his handling of the coronavirus pandemic as it hammered New York in 2020. The governor's regular live briefings on the state's uh, progress against the virus earned him an international Emmy Award. And in the midst of the pandemic, he even published a book offering lessons in leadership. Perhaps his lessons in leadership are how to kill people. But much of that praise evaporated amid controversy over his administration's handling of COVID nursing home death data. In late January, James, Letitia James, accused the Cuomo administration of significantly underreporting the number of COVID deaths related to nursing homes. That conclusion of a months long probe followed allegations that New York nursing homes failed to follow COVID safety protocols. 
On March 5th, New York state lawmakers voted to strip Cuomo of the emergency powers he had been granted to fight the pandemic. Bravo. Bipartisan. Bravo. I am not I am not exaggerating. I am not being silly. I really mean it. All of these people who have come out, all of the Democrats and all the Republicans, I am glad to see that we can at least come out when we all recognize this dude is a disgusting monster. You know what? If you're if your cause is the Me Too stuff, I'm glad it's getting brought up. I, I, I have tremendous respect for the women who are standing up against somebody and they're calling him out for this. It's sad that it took him being under fire over the, over the, the scandal in the nursing homes for people to finally feel comfortable to come out and say what this man did to them, assuming it's true. I respect due process and I would like to see an investigation, an indictment if, the, if these claims are true. But it has been referred to the authorities. The New York Times reports Albany Police Department officials said on Thursday that they had been notified by the New York State Police and the governor's office about an alleged incident at the executive mansion involving Governor Andrew M. Cuomo and a female aide that may have risen to the level of a crime. I am not one to take these things lightly. I will not take an accusation on Twitter and use it to condemn someone for the rest of their lives. But we are entering the period where you have multiple women, I believe six now, and the police have said it appears this may have risen to the level of a crime, in which case I will still defend the process. I will still call for that investigation to move forward. But trust me when I say I genuinely believe this sick guy, I won't swear, did these things. I believe he's tossed to be convicted by a jury of his peers to be be held criminally liable for this. But we're talking now about a man who is being accused of, of what may rise to the level of a crime, they're only calling for his resignation for now. Listen, I'm, I, I, I want to say, let's not, do, let's not be hasty, but let's send in law enforcement and deal with this. The dude may actually just get impeached anyway. The Guardian reported, uh, is reporting just today, New York Assembly approves impeachment investigation into Andrew, Andrew Cuomo. I'm, I'm, guys, I'm happy. This is, this gives me hope. It really does. I don't like the political establishment. I often don't trust the system, but I am shocked to see that we are actually getting some kind of reprieve. I have, I have been, uh, rather pessimistic when we talk about Cuomo. When I talked about the nursing homes, how many times did I say nothing's going to happen? He's going to get away with this. I was wrong and I'm proud to say I was wrong. I am glad to say that I am wrong and I am, I am hoping before, not to go too far. I may, I may not be wrong. But it seems like this guy is facing real accountability, be it impeachment or imprisonment or forced resignation. The Guardian reports the New York State Assembly has authorized its Judiciary Committee to start an impeachment investigation into allegations brought by six women against Cuomo. The panel's investigation into the New York governor, which would run parallel to one being led by the state's attorney general, Letitia James, would be authorized to interview witnesses, subpoena documents and evaluate evidence said Carl Heasty, the Speaker of the State Assembly, quote, the reports of accusations concerning the governor are serious. Uh, a Democrat, Heasty, said in a statement, the Assembly Judiciary Committee will oversee the investigation, which will have the power to interview witnesses and subpoena documents. Separately, police in Albany said that they have been notified of the allegations and that these may have lived to the, risen to the level of a crime, although this does not mean they have opened a criminal investigation. That's important to note. An acting counsel for Cuomo said the referral to the police was a matter of state policy. 
Cuomo, 63, is one of the most prominent Democratic governors in the country and is facing mounting pressure to resign over the allegations, as well as claims that his office underreported thousands of deaths in nursing homes early in the COVID-19 pandemic. On Thursday, more than 55 Democratic New York legislators published a letter calling for Cuomo to calling for Cuomo's resignation, quote, in light of the governor's admission of inappropriate behavior and the findings of altered data on nursing home COVID-19 deaths, he has lost the confidence of the public and the state legislature, rendering him ineffective in this time of most urgent need, states the letter, which was posted on Twitter by one of its signatories, the Democratic Assemblywoman Amanda Septimo of South Bronx. It is time for Governor Cuomo to resign, my friends. We are not just talking about the House Democrats like AOC and Nadler. We are talking about state level uh, politicians. One assemblyman said that this was his covering up of the COVID deaths was a coordinated criminal conspiracy. I am, uh, um, man, this is uh, uh, optimism. It's, it's, this is amazing, isn't it? Do you uh, feel as relieved as I do? Bipartisan Republican and Democrat coming together and just ha- like laying it down against Cuomo for the, for the things he's done. It makes me feel like maybe there's a chance. You know, I often used to talk about how I felt like elections were hopeless. And, you know, what's the point? You know, it's a two-party system. You got one bad person and one bad person. And the establishment always wins. And then Donald Trump won. And they clearly didn't want him to win. And as much as I didn't vote for the guy, it did give me hope. It made me think, you know, if, if Trump can win, then the system works, you know, like that we can we can have someone run. Trump could win again. I think Trump got Oceans 11 is the way I often explain it. They changed a lot of the rules. They 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 did mail in voting and they did, you know, voting in the park and things like this. And Joe Biden, with the a with with the assistance of big tech and the press, was able to fortify the election, securing his victory. Fortify is so uh, the Time Magazine article said. I still believe Trump can win. I'm not saying Trump should win. I'm saying Trump can win. And so long as he can, it makes me believe that there is a real chance. And it's stories like this about Cuomo. I I thought the elites were untouchable. Cuomo, this mafioso guy who was laughing and bragging on TV, who had an Emmy, who was writing these books. Finally, now it's all caught up to him. Now, I think it's sick that it took this long like we didn't know what he was doing when he was doing it. The media wasn't reporting on it. They did, you know, his brother Chris on CNN doing the big cotton swab joke and laughing it up as he was killing these people. And I thought, you know what? That's the way it goes. Everybody knows, right? As the song says, that the rich get rich, the poor stay poor, the, the fight is fixed. Cuomo, now I'm seeing this, a tidal wave against the man. Cuomo has denied all allegations and I'll respect that. I will. Granted, I've seen the photo of him grabbing that woman's head. They say Reuters could neither independently verify the woman's identity nor her account, who, who made a serious, uh, 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 serious claim against Cuomo. The governor issued a broad apology at a news conference last week for any behavior that made women feel uncomfortable. So we have this now. Uh, oh, actually, let me bring up this real quick. And there's some other news. New York Governor Cuomo hires a defense lawyer in nursing home probe. It is going criminal, baby. A defense lawyer. Now, he's going to come out and tell you, oh, it's a, we're under review. We're under review. You know, it's a it's a it's a policy matter. Yeah. OK, Cuomo. Defiant Cuomo won't resign or bow to cancel culture. I'm not sure I entirely care because he is going to be impeached. OK, I'm hoping he's going to be impeached. They say Cuomo said he will not resign and has asked the public to wait for the results of the investigation. De Blasio has come out against him. 
Calls for Cuomo to step down have been mounting since late February, when Cuomo's first accuser, Lindsey Boylan, a former aide and current Manhattan Borough president candidate, published an essay accusing him of making unwanted advances. The governor has also faced accusations in recent weeks that his administration sought to downplay the number of nursing home deaths. Last week, the state Senate majority leader, Andrea Stewart Cousins, called on the governor to resign, saying his governing style created a toxic work environment and the allegations had undermined his ability to lead. I want to push back a little bit. Undermined his ability to lead. I don't like that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think we should allow accusations against an individual to stand just entirely on their own because people accuse other people of crazy things all the time. You need real evidence. As for the nursing home issue, Gretchen Whitmer in Michigan is facing a lawsuit and facing potential criminal action from the prosecutors. Now, I think I still feel like some of these people are untouchable and they won't go after her. I've heard similar things about Tom Wolf in Pennsylvania, and I'm worried they will get away with it. I genuinely believe Cuomo did this, and I believe we actually have to get into it. But take a look at this. Interestingly, Biden White House won't join in. Saki said that although President Biden supports each of the Democratic governor's, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> accusers having right to tell their story, the White House would await the results. That's fine. But still, it's kind of strange, right? Cuomo and Biden have been very vocal about Me Too stuff, perhaps when it was convenient. You see why I don't like these Democrats? I don't like Republicans for a different reason, but similar reasons. I don't like the establishment garbage that we get from these people. They, they say this, quote, there is also an, an independent investigation that is ongoing, of course, in the state with subpoena power overseen by the attorney general, and he certainly supports that moving forward. We, of course, have watched the news uh, uh, of a number of lawmakers call for Cuomo's resignation, but I don't have any additional announcements from here. Meanwhile, the president and our COVID response team works with governors across the country, including Governor Cuomo, to implement pandemic plans and will continue to do that. Saki on Tuesday confirmed in response to a question from the Post that she has discussed the Cuomo scandal directly with both Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Both Biden and Harris have publicly have been publicly silent on the spiraling scandal. Now that to me, that to me shows I really think they want to protect, you know, Cuomo. They don't want to come out against him. They liked him. They were apparently Cuomo was, was being considered for attorney general. I'm surprised this is happening. And I also feel like it's only happening for a few reasons. As we noted in one of the stories, it seems like some people want to be governor. Got to get rid of Cuomo somehow. What was it? Wasn't his dad governor? His brothers on, on CNN, Democrats seem to like them. So it's going to be hard to beat unless you get a, a cudgel to use against them. But I also believe that Joe Biden is... Well, you know, like I said, birds of a feather flock together. You know what I mean? If they go after Cuomo, right. So I think that may be another reason why we don't we, we, we don't see that push against him. But I do think that one of the big reasons they finally started going out against Cuomo, there's two reasons, is that they had no choice. The scandal had grown too large. The news coverage was too salacious. Maybe that, not the right word. With Trump out of the picture, there needs to be a villain. The media survives on the carrion of public figures. Donald Trump was nearly indestructible, a beaming golden orange figure that no matter how many times they threw under the bus, kept bringing back more controversy. Now we're in the era of the Trump slump and everybody knows it. Views for basically everyone are down across the board, except for, you know, I'm talking about politics and news. And for these websites, they're facing uh, they're facing very serious loss of revenue and layoffs. Well, 
Here's their opportunity. Trump may be gone, but Andrew Cuomo's being accused. Writing these stories is probably all they can do. There's nothing to say about Trump. He doesn't have a Twitter. He's posting emails, but so what? He's sending emails to people. They need to find that new villain. Mitch McConnell may be, but what is a turtle man doing but sitting around telling the Democrats to slow down, as I like to say? Well, Cuomo, he's got some real spice. And as these news organizations start to just fester and fall apart, they will latch their decaying tendrils into whatever they can. That includes includes Cuomo. Good. I don't like the media and what they do. They publish garbage, nonsense, nonsensical rage bait and drama trash. And because of that, they were forced to actually go after Cuomo. A real scandal. Finally. And because of the mounting news and the pressure, these Democrats, many of them, had no choice. I wouldn't be surprised if many of these Democratic politicians from the state level and the federal level were getting inundated with phone calls from people saying, why won't you do anything? And then you take into consideration that these people basically thrive on the idea of being the goblin king. You know how that works. You kill the king, you become the king. Well, you take out Cuomo and there's a new opportunity for a Democratic governorship. And who wouldn't want that power? See, this is the problem we see in politics. And, you know, it's, it's very much so an element of the Democratic Party. Republicans have this, too, but it's more the rule of the Democrats. When AOC won, they were furious. How dare you not fall in line with the club? They hated her. AOC quickly fell in line. Bernie Sanders quickly fell in line, but they were threatening AOC. They were going to redistrict her seat. They were going to primary her and she would never be in office again. So she quickly learned to play ball and bend the knee with the establishment to do what what they want. Well, many people realize with the media driving this narrative, it's an opportunity to steal that power. It's almost like, man, just watching a bunch of vampires latch onto Cuomo and try and take away whatever he has. In this in this instance, is it a bad thing? There's always a question of do the ends justify the means? And I'm personally no fan of that of that, you know, a concept because you never meet the ends. If we allow a goblin king style political space where they just go after governors so that they can become governor, we're never going to have real leadership. That is what needs to be called out. Because I want to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm being reasonable, as I often try to be. Cuomo may, may be a monster, but he deserves due process. And we shouldn't allow this as a political tactic. Well, the bigger question, though, is should we allow a murderer to remain in office? And my, I believe the answer is no. He may not be getting comeuppance solely for the nursing home death issue, but he is getting comeuppance. The motivating factor may be, in the end, political and that's bad and should be called out. But in the end, he's being targeted based on his awful behavior. I like to throw it to this idea about, you know, AOC in Texas and Scott Pressler in Baltimore. AOC raised millions of dollars for Texas and it made Ted Cruz and Republicans look bad, I suppose. That was the, that was the goal of the narrative. And I'm like, if AOC earns political points because she raised millions of dollars for suffering Texans, good. She deserves it. That's what they all should be doing. Ted Cruz flew to Cancun or whatever. I don't care that much about the stupid scandal, but Ted Cruz could have been doing food drives. He could have been working with the community and providing real leadership. He could have been making phone calls and trying to just use whatever Washington Washington connections he has. Over in Baltimore, Scott Pressler cleaned up a bunch of trash in one of these very dangerous neighborhoods. He was smeared for it in mainstream news. He was just trying to do it to make Trump look good. And I'm like, yeah, well, he did. He did make Trump look good. With AOC, you know, in Texas, yeah, so many conservatives said she's just trying to, you know, turn this, this it's a political game for her. And I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? She deserves it. 
And now with them going after Cuomo, it may be political. It may be for points and it may be for career. I say, yeah, OK, well, we can criticize bad motives, but at least they are finally doing something about this guy. Charlie Laduff, you should look into him. He's an awesome guy. He's really great segments, you know, anti-corruption kind of guy. And he's he's going after Whitmer. This is something we should be paying attention to, paying attention to as well, because these governors, I hope, are held accountable. That includes Wolf, Cuomo, Whitmer. And we need more people to take brave stances against these people who are willing to use their power to get what they want, to take what they want. And I firmly believe many of them were exploiting the crisis to hurt Donald Trump, to seize control in their jurisdictions. Well, now you will reap what you have sown, and it is no one's fault but your own. Let's see some more accountability across the board. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight. YouTube.com slash Timcast IRL live talk show with amazing guests. We're going to be talking critical race theory. It'll be very interesting. So that's at 8 p.m. Come hang out. You can leave your comments. We'll talk to you guys on the show and we will see you all then. It's been nearly two months and finally Joe Biden has addressed the nation. You'd have to go back to Jimmy Carter for a president who waited this long, but still He hasn't given a State of the Union address or an address to the joint session of Congress, nor has he given a press conference, which apparently some people are saying is like a 100 year record, because at the very least, the person who wins the presidency comes out and says, I'll take your questions. Joe Biden doesn't do it. A lot of people are assuming it's probably just because the dude's tired, probably has no idea what's going on. And Kamala Harris is the actual president. Well, you see, because we are a nation that loves drama, but also I think there's some fair criticisms here. Joe Biden is getting slammed over the speech he gave last night because, man, it was a me, me, me kind of thing, huh? I actually don't care all that much about whether Joe Biden gives credit to Donald Trump. I think he should. And there are many conservatives that are saying Joe Biden made it sound like it was all because of him in less than two months that the vaccine rollout is going to sweep across the nation and we may see an early return to normal. I think it's fair to say Joe Biden could have at least preached unity by saying that the previous administration did a tremendous job with Operation Warp Speed, setting us up for this amazing victory. And with that, by May 1st, I believe Joe Biden is saying essentially every adult is going to be able to get vaccinated. And many states and jurisdictions are now easing restrictions, even some blue states. This is what's what's getting really interesting. Now, sure, I'll talk about a little bit of the drama because everybody wants to know what Joe Biden said. But I'd like to point out to everybody, we got to, maybe it's impossible. Maybe we're a drama nation, huh? Maybe I'm in the wrong business. How about I just do like a reality vlog where I fight with my neighbors? Because apparently you probably get way more views. I love it. They're like, Tim pulls a grifter. I was like, please, dude. I'd go to a skate park and just get into a fight with some guy over who was, who was, whose turn it was to do a backside, you know, a 50-50 or something. And then you probably don't understand skate references. Anyway, the point is, it's, it, people just want the drama. They want to, oh, complain about, you know, Joe Biden didn't say the right thing. Okay, okay, I get it. I do. It's important when it comes to our elections, we understand who did the good job. And Joe Biden now, with the ability to address the nation, is saying it was him. I guess the funny thing that, you know, that I saw was in my email box, uh, however Donald Trump got my email, is, was a, 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 basically a tweet. Okay, it's not a real tweet, but it was like Trump emailed me and he was like, I want everybody to know who got the vaccine, who made it possible. And I'm like, OK, Trump, I guess it's, it's important. It is. It may be silly. It may be petty. It may be dumb drama. But I do think it's important that people realize it was the Trump administration that did, did this. So, look, when we met, when we come to our next elections, you keep that in mind. 
And it's a factor in who you will vote for in the future. That's why it's important we at least highlight some of the criticisms of Joe Biden. Here's a story from the Daily Mail. The biggest scam is Biden taking credit for the vaccine. President is slammed for ignoring Trump's success with Operation Warp Speed and claiming he is responsible for speeding up the rollout. They say in his address to the nation on Thursday night, the new president proclaimed that all American adults will be eligible to receive the covid vaccine as of May 1st because of all the work he had done in partnering with manufacturers of the shot. Yeah, he said basically he's like, we're going to be on a war footing and I mean it. You know, the work we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. Hannity led the outrage, stating on his Fox News show, Joe, you want unity. Why don't you just thank Donald Trump? You want us to all get along, you say. No Trump, no vaccine. Joe, stop trying to take credit for something. Frankly, you had nothing to do with nothing. I'd like to just stress Donald Trump absolutely loved taking credit for everything. That's why I look at these stories and I'm like, don't make me defend Joe Biden. It's the last thing I want to do. I'm more interested in defending Trump, and I'm still not particularly interested in being forced to do that either. But Trump loved slapping his name on things. All right. So so Donald Trump puts his name on the stimulus checks and then people were tweeting like, you know, my boy Donald just, you know, got me two bills or whatever they were saying. And now you've got, I guess it's only 200. I don't know. I don't know what the slang term is. That's the kids. And, and Joe Biden was like, I'm not going to put my name on this because it's not about me. And I'm like, either way, it was identical, right? This is the point. Joe Biden coming out and saying, my name will not be on the checks was the exact same as Trump saying his name would be on the checks. It was a PR move. He could have said literally nothing and minded his own business. Okay. But it was a point to be like, I'm not Trump. Let everyone know how different I am. Okay. Meanwhile, Katie Pavlich told her 807,000 Twitter followers, Biden taking credit for the vaccine is just absolutely astonishing, but not surprising. Who let him out of the basement, says Terrence K. Williams. Joe Biden is taking credit for things Trump made happen in his horrible presidential address, Operation Warp Speed, created by Trump as the reason the rollout of the vaccine is successful. And that's just true. That is just true. Well, Biden is, pri- is trying to say, you know, like we're working with these, you know, uh, you know we're working with these, these uh, uh, vaccine pharmaceutical companies. It, it, it was Donald Trump. He said two months ago, the country didn't have nearly enough vaccine supply to vaccinate all or anywhere near of the uh, all the American public. But we but soon we will. We've been working with vaccine manufacturers, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson to manufacture and purchase hundreds of millions of doses of three safe, effective vaccines. Now, at the direction and with the assistance of my administration, Johnson & Johnson is working together with a competitor, Merck, to speed up and increase the capacity to manufacture new Johnson & Johnson vaccines, which is one shot. In fact, just yesterday I announced, and I met with the CEOs of both companies, I announced our plan to buy an additional 100 million doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccines. But Biden made no mention of warp speed, nor of the fact that Trump had already agreed to buy enough doses for 200 million adults from Pfizer and Moderna. He had also agreed to buy 100 million more from Johnson and Johnson once it received authorization from the FDA. That order would have effectively covered all American adults by the beginning of summer. Donald Trump literally already did this. There are a lot of things to complain about Trump. I can already hear the squeals from the anti-Trump crowd in the establishment lib saying, this is all Biden. Shut up. Trump is miserable. I'm like, dude, why you make me defend these people? Okay, Donald Trump gets credit for warp speed. End of story. Biden could have won this very simply. And it's petty drama. But Biden could have simply been like, 
Donald Trump did tremendous work with Operation Warp Speed. We're eternally grateful that uh, while his, his administration may not have been perfect in response to the COVID vaccine, and there are many issues surrounding it, that we at least had the, the Operation Warp Speed leading the charge and getting hundreds of millions of vaccines ready. And now, as my administration is coming in, we have upped the ante. We have now ordered more vaccines, and we will push to get this ahead of schedule by a few months. Just, I, I just wish we had some real leadership. That's all they can really say. Just some real leadership. Well, check it out. Haley McEnany points out, even the media acknowledges the Trump administration's role in spearheading vaccine development and procurement, but President Biden refuses to say the truth. Part of me just says, I don't care. I don't, I'm not surprised it's politics. Donald Trump wanted his name on checks. Joe Biden doesn't want to give credit to Trump. Fine. I just think it was a great opportunity. I do. I'm not, I'm not going to pretend like Biden is the devil because of this. There's other things to criticize him for, like, you know, bombing Syria. And of course, Trump also fired 59 Tomahawk, Tomahawk missiles at Syria. That's the kind of thing that should be criticized. You don't need to lie about the person when they're doing bad things. Now, it's true. Biden didn't give Trump credit. I don't care all that much, but I do think it was a missed opportunity. We need the unity right now. I, I think that's a fair point from Hannity. We want people to come together. And I think if, if Joe Biden reached out with that olive branch and just said, you know, to, to those who supported the president and, and to the president himself, this really did help us get prepared and get this vaccine ready faster than, you know, we, we've seen in history. The development of a vaccine this quickly is unprecedented. And it was with the previous administration's leadership. Let's just get some unity, bro. It's a great opportunity. I just don't think he, all, he, he cares all that much. I don't think uh, I don't think the Democrats care all that much about unity. In fact, I think they like disunity. I think they like divisiveness because it's us versus them. It's left versus right. It's, you know, this person is far left. This person is far right. It's the weirdest thing to me. You know, you know, I noticed like you may have noticed some like ridiculous rage bait garbage drama articles that seem to make no sense that have come out about me recently. And I just see people say things like, Tim Poole is, you know, complaining about Mr. Potato Head, you know, because they took away his gender. And I'm like, do you actually watch my videos? I actually said it was the stupidest thing in the world. And I don't care about the Mr. Potato Head thing. It's like people don't actually watch anything. They just want to be tribal. They want to be angry. And it is a damn shame. I'll tell you this. I like to be nice. I try to I try to I try to be nice. So for Joe Biden, you know what? He's saying he wants to get this out by May 1st. We were looking at, you know, end of June before. It's a little bit, you know, kicked up a notch. Fantastic. Here's what I'll say. I'll say, Donald Trump, thank you so much for Operation Warp Speed. I'm, I'm excited to hear this. We're hearing COVID restrictions are being, real, uh, are being eased up. And it, 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 the lockdowns were a problem in the first place. It, we got, we got the uh, Wall Street Journal saying it. But I'll give Biden credit for pushing things a little bit further. I don't want to just be angry and negative towards people all the time. If Biden does something good, I want to say thank you. And him coming out, he could have done a better job. But hey, he's done something. There's a positive here. AOC went to Texas. She raised millions of dollars to help people. That is fantastic. That is awesome. Thank you so much, AOC. I know that I've been critical and I've been probably mean, but you, you deserve credit for doing good. I don't care what the intentions are. You know, they say, oh, AOC was just trying to one up Ted Cruz. Oh, no. Could you imagine if politicians were like, I'm going to I'm going to best you, my political rival, by helping more poor people. When Scott Pressler goes and cleans up trash, I'm like, he's earning he's earning points for Trump. Good. He deserves them. He's cleaning up cities and being a nice guy. And AOC is going to Texas and helping people. Good. She deserves points for helping the poor and helping people who are who are in serious jeopardy. Joe Biden deserves some credit for for pushing this a little bit more, ordering more of the vaccine. Good. I'm glad to see it. Absolutely. I'm very critical of the Democrats because I think essentially if you cause the problem, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing 
when you then try to fix it, I'll give you an example. Have you guys seen Independence Day Resurgence? I love the pop culture references. You know this. It's 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 Independence Day too, and basically you got uh, um, Liam Hemsworth, I think is the actor's name. There's like a, a structure is falling, but then his ship catches it and he saves the day. And then the commander is, he, he, you know, is like, it's not saving the day when you screwed everything up. It's just covering your own behind. So I'll say this. These Democrats, OK, in many of these places pushed for extreme lockdowns and they and it was very, very damaging to this country, to the economy. And now they want bailouts. Check this out. Mitch McConnell trashes Biden's covid relief packages, multi-trillion dollar Trojan horse. Senate GOP leader charges 2021 comeback not due to far left legislation. I do not like this man, Mitch McConnell. I am no fan. He he is he he's just another corporate po- political establishment trash whatever. But there's critical towards Joe Biden's plan. Let me read the uh, the longtime GOP senator for Kentucky and the most powerful Republican on Capitol Hill speaking Thursday on the floor of the Senate hours before Biden speaks in his first blah 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 called it a Trojan horse. We get it. McConnell's comments coming as America marks a year since the pandemic swept the nation, forcing millions to huddle in their homes, uh, served it to a, a pre-buttle, a pre-buttle, they say. The legislation is about giving the backbone of this nation, the essential workers, the working people who built this country, the people who keep this country going, a fighting chance, Biden said Wednesday. A day later, McConnell had a very different description. This wasn't a bill to finish off the pandemic. It was a multi-trillion dollar Trojan horse full of bad old liberal ideas. President Biden's own staff keep calling this legislation, quote, the most progressive bill in American history, hardly the common sense bipartisan, bipartisanship the president promised. There have been many people who are concerned that the money's not actually going to relief for the most part. Biden said $2,000 checks and then said, yeah, 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 but you already got 600 so actually 1400 He didn't give the progressives what he promised. And more importantly, this bill is viewed for the most part as a bailout for the Democrat states that handled the COVID lockdown miserably. So it's fair to say you don't get credit for something when it was your party that was causing a lot of the damage. Now, like they'll say Republicans didn't lock down and it's their fault. But like, dude, look at Florida, the COVID numbers and and it just it just not comparable to New York. So that's not on Biden necessarily, but the Democratic Party is the Democratic Party. And there's some criticism for those that caucus together and, and stand together. Certainly, I'm not going to claim AOC and Joe Biden are the same. In fact, I will tell you this. I'm not a fan of the lockdowns. We got this story from the Wall Street Journal. The lockdowns weren't worth it by Philippine Lemoyne. There's a reason no government has done a cost benefit analysis. The policy would surely fail. I'm no fan of lockdowns. I think the lockdowns should have been strategic and surgical. Instead, they were broad and overbearing. But I will tell you this. You had three positions when it came to the lockdowns on the right with Trump supporters and the lockdowns and protect the vulnerable. We want we want uh, safety and security for nursing homes, for those who are immunocompromised, special protections for those who might get sick, but let young younger people who are safe get back to work. I think that is the reasonable position. However, I also absolutely find it, uh, I say, I I find it reasonable that if we are going to have a mandatory hardcore lockdown, that we get people relief checks. And even Donald Trump agreed. Every progressive seems to agree. It's like 85% of the country agreed. So I look to someone like AOC and I look to the progressives. They're Democrats too, but they're very different. They were saying, lock everything down hard for two months and give everybody a few thousand dollars to or, or more, actually, you know, a couple thousand uh, of, of more than I don't, I don't know. I think they were saying a thousand bucks a month. They may have been saying two thousand because if we're doing a two month lockdown, maybe it was like four grand. But anyway, I digress. That actually makes sense. I think it's 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 borrowing from ourselves. 
so long as the money was literally just, you know, the stimulus package was passed and the money went directly to the American people and industry in a very proportional and respectful way. We did not do that. We took the middle approach from the establishment corporate Dems, where they locked everything down. And, 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 and you had Republicans who basically just stood there like Mitch McConnell saying, slow down there, Democrats, not really doing anything. That's why I don't like the guy. Partly, there's a lot of reasons I don't like the guy. But instead, what we ended up getting was this half-assed lockdown where, for the most part, everything was shut down, but no one gets any relief. I mean, they got a little bit, but not nearly enough. It's been a year. We're on the anniversary now of the 15 days to slow the spread. It didn't do anything. It didn't work. The progressives were saying, no one go out. No, no one. They were like literally hardcore shutdown. And I'm like, that's just too authoritarian for me to get behind. I can't do it. I can't. People want to go outside. You can't stop them. There's a First Amendment right to, to, to peaceably assemble, to worship, to do what you want to do. And so that did create this kind of mishmash garbage approach you get from the establishment uh, politicians. It doesn't solve the problem. Perhaps they should have realized we were, it was all or nothing. It was either we're going to lock down or we're not going to lock down. And considering we can't lock down because people have rights, well, then to the, to the progressives, I think it's not going to work. And it didn't work. But I don't think they even really cared. They transferred wealth to the wealthiest. It was the largest transfer of wealth in the history of the planet. Mom and pop shops were shut down. And then Walmart and Amazon and all these other uh, uh, businesses, these massive multinational corporations thrived. They flourished. And then they gave massive foreign aid. And then they passed now what about like $6 trillion being printed and injected into the system. Food prices are going up. Uh, general price of goods are going up. Inflation is going up. We are going to reap that uh, detriment. Now, for regular people, regular working people, their savings are being destroyed. That's what happens when you inflate currency. You've got 100 bucks in your bank and it can buy you, you know, a new phone. Well, now in a few months with inflation rising, 100 bucks will not buy you the new phone. You'll have to work harder and make more money and save more money. So it's particularly problematic what they all did. But my, my, my point with that is I'd have, I'd have preferred the progressive approach which was just a hard shutdown and a, and a couple thousand bucks. And then, boom, we wipe out the virus. Then the establishment political approach, which was lock everything down. Don't stop the virus. Keep it going for a year and then funnel all of the money to the wealthiest top 0.01% of the country. Yeah, the populists on both sides are not fans of what's going on. But I think the problem ultimately is the drama. It's, it's people want to just scream at Biden. People want to scream at Trump. And the real issues are whether or not we are you know getting back to business. Check it out. From CNBC, states lift COVID restrictions, COVID restrictions, drop mask mandates, and reopen businesses despite warnings from Biden officials. I can only say this. Shut up, Biden. Just shut up. We had this segment recently where even Fauci admitted they don't really have the data on why people who are vaccinated can't travel. And that's the, that, that kind of rhetoric coming from Fauci is discouraging people to get the vaccine. There are people who are like, OK, so if I get this, we're good. We can go back to normal. And he's like, nah. Okay, why? Well, apparently in a CNN segment, he was like, well, you know, it's a judgment call. If we don't have the data, it's better to just say no. No, 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 no. You tell people, look, if everybody gets this, we reach herd immunity and we can get back to business faster than we expected. Biden previously said no new normal till next year. Perhaps he was pulling a big ask. That's where you present someone with something that's crazier than when you walk it back. They're like, oh, okay, that's good. Okay, so, uh, so a general big ask would be like, if you want this cup of coffee, it's 20 bucks. And they're going to be like, well, that's insane. I'm not paying 20 bucks for a cup of coffee. Okay, five bucks. Oh, okay, five bucks. That's reasonable. Meanwhile, the coffee is actually only worth like two bucks. But coming down from 20, they're actually like, oh, wow, now I'm getting a deal, right? 75% off. 
That's what Biden does. You're not going to see normal until this time next year. I shouldn't say this. Now he's coming out saying we did it, everyone. May 1st. All right, sure. We shouldn't have been hard locked down as it was, but we're starting to see these states are, are, are opening. Biden saying, no, don't do it. Well, too bad. In uh, Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota, sorry, Governor Waltz saying significant rollback of COVID restrictions is coming Friday. This is, I believe, it's, it's moderately a blue state. And then we have Maryland. Hogan's decision to reopen Maryland surprised local officials and business leaders. Good. It's about time. I personally believe that many of these Democrats exploited the crisis. I do. I think Republicans are the Republican Party, feckless. Donald Trump certainly uh, was bold and wanted to do a lot of things, but he was just inexperienced in the political space, hired on a lot of, a lot of really dumb and bad people. And so you ended up with a kind of chaotic administration. Now you have the Democratic Party seat. They exploited this. They're exploiting the crime waves. They're pushing for gun control. It's like it's, it's what they do. Never let a good crisis go to waste, they say. I mean, they as in everybody, essentially, anyone who wants to exploit the system. Well, they locked their states down. I mean, I understand Hogan is a Republican in Maryland and Maryland's a blue state, but it's these blue states that did this for the most part. Some red states did lock down. Don't get me wrong. Um, but we saw South Dakota, Florida. They didn't. Now, Texas is completely reopened. They're being criticized for doing so, but they should have done it a long time ago. All I can really say is this. Let's keep in mind perspective. Who started the lockdowns and why? Maybe it wasn't nefarious. Maybe it was. I think they were exploiting a crisis at this point. They're starting to end the restrictions. The vaccine is going to be rolled out. So I will give credit for those things that are good. But I will also wag the finger because I know what started all of this. I'm not going to simply be like, you caused the problem, but you solved it. Yay, you're a hero. I'm going to be like, thank you for fixing and you know cleaning up the mess created by government. The Wall Street Journal says the lockdown wasn't worth it. And a lot of other people, a lot of other news outlets and, 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 and columnists and, and opinion you know, uh, writers and pundits have said similar things. It should have been strategic and surgical. We didn't do it. Maybe that's our fault. It's, it's you know, we, we, we think we can get a perfect system. We all think we have the answers, but it doesn't work that way. A monarch wouldn't rule necessarily better. You know, look at the UK. They lock down like crazy and they have a monarch, even though they defer a lot of power to, uh, for the most part, prime minister and, and parliament. But various forms of government didn't handle this all that well. I think some countries were interesting, but at any rate, I'm glad to see that we may be getting back to normal very, very soon. Maybe by like mid-May, states are already reopening. Biden's going to get the vaccine rolled out. Lots of people are going to get it. And let me tell you, my friends, I think vaccines are fantastic. They're wonderful advents of technology that have allowed us to basically triumph over, over nature in a certain capacity. What will end up happening is that a lot of people are going to get the vaccine and that will create herd immunity. And a lot of people won't get the vaccine for good reason, be honest, you know, food allergies, pregnancies and things like that. Uh, or just, you know, some people might just be negligent to a certain degree or just not care or not want to get it. And then it won't matter because herd immunity will take care of the rest. And there it is. So hopefully by mid-May, this is the end and things are looking, you know, more optimistic and we can get back to business and people can start, you know, bringing their lives back. But I, I think we need to point out there are many people whose lives are irreparably damaged, no matter what happens. So what do they do? After everything that was done in these in these blue states, like in California, in these big cities where people's lives were destroyed, they're not getting those things back. So what do we do? I don't know, my friends. I don't know. And honestly, I, I blame the Democratic Party for the most part. These are not Republican areas that did this. There's guilty individuals in the Republican side as well, but... That's all I can really say on that matter. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Antifa is back in Portland, starting fires, attacking the courthouse, and here we go again. The other night, they set fire 
to the Mark O. Hatfield courthouse. Federal officers had to come out, try and put the fire out, make several arrests. And it is very reminiscent of last year. The problem never stopped. Autonomous zones still exist. Yet for some reason, we are told over and over and over again that the biggest threat facing this country is the far right and white terror. And I thought about this. You know what? I think it's fair to say that the far right thing is probably wrong. I do think there are dangerous elements of the far right, and it is a big threat. Don't get me wrong. Extremism, regardless of what faction it belongs to, is a problem. I do like the idea of our national uh, security agencies, our federal law enforcement stopping extremists on the far right. But to act like that is the epitome of the problems we face or the only thing we should care about, it's just flat wrong. And it's all the media wants to drive home. They are operating essentially to protect the far left extremists. And outside of the story, I want to talk to you about Portland and Antifa. And we'll give you we'll give you an update on what they're doing in the news. But I want to show you a chart which which definitively proves the far left is the bigger threat. It's the bigger threat. Now, don't get me wrong. It's an opinion, right? Who's the biggest threat? It's an opinion, I suppose. But I do think that in terms of sustained long term damage, the far left is more dangerous, destructive, and destabilizing than the far right. When you have lone, lone gunmen, far right lunatics, we can track those people down. The FBI can arrest them. But when you have large collectives on the far left who are protected by the media, how do you stop a cultural shift which favors violence and destruction? And I'm going to show you the graphs to prove it. Before that, though, let's talk about what's going on in Portland. The Daily Mail reports Portland burns again. Federal agents shoot tear gas at Antifa protesters, setting fire to American flags and smashing windows outside a boarded up courthouse. They say Antifa protesters have burned American flags, clashed with police outside of the federal courthouse in Portland. The ugly scenes occurred Thursday evening as dozens of the far left protesters, you mean rioters, assembled in the area for a demonstration against immigration and customs enforcement. The courthouse has already been boarded up with plywood after sustaining damage during this destructive protests last summer. But shocking video shared to Twitter shows all remaining uncovered windows were smashed during the latest demonstration. Quote, anti-ICE protesters gather. A few of the remaining uncovered windows have been broken. An American flag burns in front of the door. Local journalist Garrison Davis wrote beneath a video shared on Twitter. Several other demonstrators set fire to the plywood outside the building, prompting federal agents to deploy tear gas and smoke bombs in a bid to push the protesters back towards the park. Earlier in the day, Antifa activists attempted to break into a Chase bank where a security guard pulled a gun on the rioters. They say protesters. The demonstrators were targeting those funding a controversial oil pipeline between the Canadian province of Alberta to Superior, Wisconsin. I'd like to point something out. You have the far left consistently engaging in these violent and destructive behaviors, and we have videos and photos of it consistently for a long time. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like this is the, the end of the world or what they're doing is quite literally dropping a nuke or something, but it's bad. Yet we're told by, say, Nadler, Antifa's a myth. For 100 days, we see the violence. They blame Trump for it. They say Trump's escalating by having the police there. They blame everyone but themselves. They would tell you to deny what you see with your eyes and your ears. Now, now, now listen, there are uh, uh, Twitter videos that are fake news. There are people who take photos from conflicts and claim it's from one place, but it's really of another. We've got to be careful of the manipulations. But when you have 
news article after news article explaining the far left is violent and destructive. And then you hear from Democrats, it's a myth. It's a lie. It's not true. The far right's worse. When you hear it from the feds, you have to wonder what their true agenda and their true motives are. We were told that it was Donald Trump's America when they were smashing up Portland and that they would stop once Joe Biden got in. And there was, there was a good argument. Here's the argument. Basically, you could argue that it would get better under Joe Biden because these people just hated Trump and then they'll lose all their broad support when Trump is gone. Or you could argue that it was going to get worse under Biden because he is pathetic and weak and can't do anything to stop it. And that seems to be what's happening. Joe Biden can't do anything. He's a pathetic leader. He's not strong enough. That's just the reality. While Donald Trump may have been a bit chaotic and disruptive, I don't think anybody would. I, I think the guy was easily defined as strong, whether you're happy with how he used that strength or not. I, I'm sure the left tribalists will say, no, he was a weak president just for the sake of not liking the guy. But Trump was a strong guy. He was he pushed on people. He yelled a lot. He took over the space. He sucked the air out of the room. He sent in the feds. Perhaps not strong enough, though. He could have in invoked the Insurrection Act. I'm not saying it was a good idea. He could have sent in some kind of larger federal presence. And he was restrained because he wasn't the fascist they said he was. They say, here, here we go. We have some photos of the police moving through the area. According to Davis, the feds marched further into the streets of downtown Portland while firing off chemical weapons and projectiles. A few of their pepper ball and 40 millimeter launchers appeared to malfunction. He claimed the agents were aggressive and that the air was thick with smoke. At least one person has been arrested. In a tweet last night, Portland police said it was bracing for yet more unrest over the weekend. We are aware of events planned tomorrow and this weekend in which pe in which people plan to gather and demonstrate. Demonstration liaison officers are available to work with community members organizing these events. Last summer in Portland, Black Lives Matter marches began in the wake of George Floyd's death. But the demonstration soon became co-opted by far left agitators. Night after night, they clashed with law enforcement officials who often declared riots. But I will point out, I do not believe you are absolved of responsibility while you shield the extremists who engage in the violent rioting, riotous acts. <clears throat> we saw the, um, the wall of moms. Not every single person in that wall was a mother, by, you know, mind you. It was just a lot of women, many of which were mothers. And they provided a, a linking, they, they, would lay, they linked arms and provided a shield for those that would engage in the most extreme acts of violence. Now, listen, I can actually sympathize with these extremists. I absolutely can. I'm just, you know, particularly anti-violence and anti-war. And I don't think what they're doing is going to make the problem, problems go away. I think it'll make the problems worse. But I understand that anger, the anger at the government, especially now Joe Biden, especially with Donald Trump's foreign policy and John Bolton, I totally get it. Now, the problem with Trump was the media just would not shut up. It's like, stop making, don't make me say something that's not true. You forced me to defend the guy. Now, it's similar with, with Joe Biden now on some things. I still really detest the man. But I think if he does something good, I'm going to give him credit for it. That's just the way it's going to be. But I understand that anger. Watching Biden push for gun control, watching him try to take away the rights of the individual, watching him bomb Syria. And I'm not happy with it. And Trump, you can criticize for very similar things. The difference here is that the establishment is protecting Joe Biden. So while the media was lying about Trump, they're lying about Joe Biden. And I need only the record be clear. And then you can criticize them for whatever you need to criticize them for. Black Lives Matter. It was not taken over by agitators. The Black Lives Matter groups were as equally as agitatious or, or whatever the word is. I, I purposely choosing a silly word. 
They say there were, there were at least 100 consecutive nights of unrest in the city. The violence has continued into this year. In January, Antifa protesters, rioters, you mean, went on a destructive rampage following Biden's inauguration. See, didn't matter who was the president. Biden had previously appeared to downplay Antifa, describing the group as an idea. Congratulations. All of you who voted for this weak and spineless, corrupt monster in Joe Biden. Congratulations. He will not solve these problems. President Biden condemned protests and violence on the far right and far left before he was president. A Fox News journalist stated to White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki after the January clash. Wait, what? President Biden condemned a Fox News journalist said to the White House Press Secretary? That's interesting. Why haven't we had? Oh, I see. You're talking about Trump. Why haven't we heard anything directly from him about the riots in Portland and the Pacific Northwest since he was inaugurated? I see what he's saying. Joe Biden, before became president, he was complaining about this, blaming Trump for it. President Biden condemns violence and any violence in the strongest possible terms. Peaceful protests are a cornerstone of our democracy, but smashing windows is not protesting and neither is looting. And actions like these are totally unacceptable, she continued. Actions like these are totally unacceptable, and anyone who committed a crime should be prosecuted to the fullest extent. Thank you, Jen Psaki. I agree. I'm not going to drag her for saying what needs to be said. I will give her the praise for saying the right thing. Well, let's get it done. I just don't think Biden is the person who will get it done. And I think it's actually only going to get worse. And I'll explain why. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to November 1st, 2018. CNN's Don Lemon doubles down on the claim that white men are the biggest terror threat. It might surprise you, my friends, that I will tell you Don Lemon is correct. That's right. Now you can call him bigoted. You can call him racist. You can say he's profiling. Okay, okay, okay. But hold on. Hear me out. Before you get angry and then and, and you say, hold on, Tim, what are you talking about? Hold on. Have you ever stopped to consider the political ideology of these white men and who are the real biggest terror threat? My friends, it is Antifa. Now, what, is it, what, what does he mean by biggest? I don't know. I suppose you could have an argument about, uh, argument about what biggest really means. For certain, uh, there are far-right elements, these, these extremists who do dangerous, horrific things, atrocities, committing tragedies, and it's bad. <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's the biggest threat because we can stop them, because we do stop them. And while they do engage in very serious acts, which results in lots of death, you know, periodically, I would not say that's the biggest threat. To me, the biggest threat is one that strikes at the core of our institution, seeks to upend our justice system, terrifying jurors in the now George Floyd trial, fearing that their homes will be attacked by the far left if they speak up, if they if someone finds out they're simply a juror, the terrorist will attack them. People, for the most part, I would say, are concerned about far right extremism, but on a day to day basis, it doesn't really phase them. People are absolutely pinned down and mortified over the threats of cancel culture. You see, it's a lower tier thing. So it's not nearly as deadly. I would say that's fair, but it is violent. It is destructive. It has caused billions of dollars worth of damage and it can ruin your life. That's scary. That's scary to a lot of people. So Don Lemon was right. And I'll show you why. Zach Goldberg tweeted between 2016 and 2020, white liberals became slightly but significantly less likely to say that political violence is not at all justified, while white conservatives be, uh, be, be, uh, while white conservatives became significantly more likely to give this response. To clarify, they say, how much do you feel it is justified for people to use violence to pursue their political goals in this country? It can be, it can be confusing, but put it simply, the percent of those who said it is not, it is not at all justified to use violence 
went down among white liberals by about 5%. Among white moderates, it went down around 2%. But among white conservatives, it went up more than 7%. This means since 2016 to 2020, there are more conservatives saying it is not at all justified to use violence to reach your political goals. White liberals, less people are willing to say that. To clarify again, white liberals believe it is ju- they are justified in using violence to get what they want. Zach says by party, we see a small drop among Democrats and slightly larger increase among Republicans. Republicans have become substantially less likely relative to disagree with political violence. And Democrats have become more. I'm sorry, that's that's the same. He, he accidentally posted the same graph. He says virtually all of the decrease among Dems is attributed to white Democrats. Among Asian Democrats, more people are saying don't use violence. But I will tell you this. There are a lot of of Asian Democrats who seem to be okay with political violence. There are 68 percent of Asian Democrats say not at all justified using violence. Eighty three percent of white Democrats say not at all. So there are more minority Democrats who seem to think violence is okay compared to the white Democrats. But the white Democrats are coming on board. He goes on to say this. Wow. Didn't initially realize how big the drop was among very liberal whites. And there is the issue among the very liberal, which I'm assuming basically means far left from 86 to 66.5, a 20 percent drop from 2016 to 2020. These people were polled and they outright are saying that many of their views have changed and they think they are entitled to use violence to get what they want. And when you look at the very conservative, what's supposed to be the far right, it's an increase of 2.5%. People saying it is not at all justified. They do not at all feel justified for people to use violence to pursue their political goals. So what's the real threat? Maybe it's not literally white men, but it's certainly far leftists who are white more so than many other groups. The far left, substantially more likely. And the reason why I say Don Lemon was correct, but for the wrong reasons, is that there are substantially less Asians in this country, substantially less Latinos, substantially less African-Americans, and substantially more white liberals, a much larger faction by a factor of 10 10 to 1 in, in some of these circumstances. So although you may see among Asian Democrats, more of them feel violence is justified, white liberals, they are more likely to say, that they feel to a certain extent justified. It doesn't mean, now I want to clarify as well, it doesn't mean they're saying they feel absolutely justified. It just says says not at all. So there could be somewhat justified and they answer that as well. Long story short, it looks like what we're seeing is that there are people on the left who now believe violence is okay. It's obvious by what we saw with Antifa in Portland. It's obvious by what we're seeing at the George Floyd Memorial in Minneapolis, where someone was just shot and killed, and they've turned it into an autonomous zone. This Twitter user says, new post using election studies data, reported attitudes about how justified political violence is desegregated. How much do you feel it is justified for people to use violence to pursue their political goals in this country? Interestingly, among Democrats, there's a lot more saying it is. Republicans, a lot less saying it is independence more than Republicans, men more than women, white people actually substantially less than black, Hispanic or Asians. But that's the that's the clarification I'll make. It seems that the that minorities in this country are more likely to say violence is justified, but there's substantially less of them. 
I don't actually care to blame white men for the most part. I think it's silly. I think we simply say a crime is a crime. If you commit it, you commit it. We don't need to profile people. We need to profile bad ideas and dangerous individuals. And it seems like far leftists have a higher propensity for violence at this point or a willingness to commit it as opposed to any other group. So if you want to target someone, I don't think race comes into the play or, or, or even gender. I think ideology is the bigger shift among the very liberal. That's the biggest jump. That includes women. That includes Asians, Hispanics, black people, white people, whatever. So the real issue, and perhaps I'm being a little hyperbolic when I say white men, is that the far left is becoming emboldened. Republicans don't like political violence. Ninety Around 90% saying not at all justified. Among Democrats, around 78% not at all justified. That's scary. Asians are the largest faction of those thinking it is <laughs> a great deal justified. Wow. That's kind of scary. What's the narrative we get from the media, though, my friends? From Forbes, white supremacist domestic terrorists pose biggest threat of lethal violence this election, DHS assessment finds. No, maybe that's fair. I think I think so. You can consider a few things. First, lethal violence. Right. The far left is engaging in low tier terror, smashing windows, starting fires and beating people to force subjugation. The far right extremists we see take guns and go do horrifying things. Okay, so maybe. I also think it's not necessarily fair to say far right for many of these people because mentally unwell tends to be the biggest factor in this. But for the sake of argument, we'll just say, okay, fine. Lethal violence. Sure. White supremacists more likely to engage in lethal violence. To me, that's not the biggest threat. I certainly think it's horrifying because I think life is inherently one of the most valuable things that, that there is. But the biggest threat is how many people will die if, say, communists took over? And I'm not necessarily saying that I think communists are going to take over. I'm just saying leftist ideology is infinitely more dangerous when it takes power, when it disrupts the economy, when it takes people's jobs, when it locks everything's, everything down, and it encourages street violence. That's substantially worse than, you know, in the long run, than, say, one individual. They're both bad. They both need to be stopped. And there should be certain priorities for, you know, more far right extremism, whatever that really means, than, than we, we, we would typically see with leftist protests. You don't need all that much to stop a protest from getting violent. You need only enforce the law. The problem is they're not doing it. They're not going out in Portland and just grabbing everybody and arresting them, I suppose, because it just doesn't stick. It doesn't work. In Portland, the federal, there was a federal prosecutor quietly dismissing felony charges and misdemeanor charges against anti-fascist, or I shouldn't say that, I should say Antifa types, who are getting arrested. A 31 or some, some odd of over like 100 were dismissed, something like that. Why is that? Why are they getting away with this? I wonder if it serves an agenda. Why under Joe Biden is this still happening and not being taken care of? And why do our law enforcements keep blaming a group that we don't really see all that often? I get it. Deadliest makes sense. But what about the report on the far left? When are we going to talk about the fact that it's now been almost a year and they're once again attacking the courthouse? People need to know this. During the winter, rioters dip out. It's rainy, it's cold, it's wet, it's dark. And they don't want to go out during that. Protests and riots tend not to happen when it rains. You'll see a big rally. I've, I've covered protests for a long time. I used to cover them for the most part. I don't anymore. You'll see this massive call for a riot or a protest. And then all of a sudden it'll rain and no one will show up because nobody wants to go outside in the rain. It's interesting how that works, right? So in winter, things slow down. And now that things are starting to warm up, we can expect it to get a whole lot worse. The far left is going to go around starting fires again. And Joe Biden is now the president. And I don't believe he has the strength to deal any, do anything with it. A lot of people were hoping Kamala Harris would be that figure. 
that Kamala Harris was effectively the tough cop who was going to lock all these people up. They really believed it, but she was quite literally the one trying to bail them out. No, it serves their purpose and their agenda. They'll find a way to blame Trump and Republicans for it, or they'll just outright ignore it. And a lot of people who just don't read the news will believe every single bit. And we will be all worse off for it. I think it's going to get pretty rowdy this year. I think we're going to see a lot of Antifa far left violence. And uh, I think you should be prepared for it. Expect it. I, I don't know. You know, you, you got to do what you do to feel comfortable, to feel safe. But I hear more and more of these stories about liberals buying guns. I was uh, one of them. Now I am a gun owner and then some, to say the least. I think so long as the police are being defunded, demoralized, and the riots are expanding, escalation is just on its way. So I hope things calm down. I, I hope Portland gets a hold of things. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe Biden will turn around and arrest these people. But pardon me if I just do not believe it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.